that's a different methodology than the, what I have and what Ross has. Our, our methodology is let's launch something, get it out there, let's pull data. How many trusted advisors do we want? How many technology partners? How many agency partners do we want? And that way we can really correlate the revenue being generated. I'm in the business of relationships and I help figure out how do we make money together. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of Make Them Famous. And today we have a very special episode with a team that are going through some massive changes, just had a huge acquisition of another product that brings them very securely in a place in mid-market where they can do some damage from the product level, but they need three types of partnerships to get there. And they have one person running partnerships, our friend Corey Snyder, VP of channel at Post, And with him is Ross Paquette, CEO of Post. Ross does not have experience with partner programs coming into this. This is his first endeavor in channel. Corey, of course, if you've heard any of the content we've done with Corey, is a channel master. So the two of them have aligned on what is going to be the strategy, the culture. Ross is fully bought into this idea of truly partnering with service providers, implementation experts, consultants. Corey is steering the ship and doing so in a fast and effective way. So on this episode, we learn about Corey's jog, crawl, sprint partnership strategy. We learn when Ross knew a partner program was Morrow Post's next big endeavor. We learn what boxes Corey checked to make sure this decision to jump onto this partner program to lead this charge was the right one to make. We learn the main surprises Ross as CEO is learning as Corey grows this program quickly. We learn the strategy around launch, reviewing the data, then scaling. We learn who Corey's first hire will be and why. Ross's opinions on this strategy. We learn Corey's month-to-month strategy and the weekly strategy around partner activation. And finally, we hear where and how partners will fill in the gaps in customer success. A very difficult challenge for teams to align on, but very effective if you can bring these experts into the customer success part of the business. So without further delay, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors and then kick off this episode. Of course, we couldn't make this podcast famous without our amazing sponsors. For sponsorship, we aimed for not only great products, but tech used to power some of the top partner programs around. We've invited PartnerStack, ShareWork, and Sendoso to be those sponsors. PartnerStack, for those of you unfamiliar, is the leading partner management platform or PRM for SaaS companies like Monday, Unbounce, Intercom, and Webflow. And it is a company we've worked closely with. We advise many of our post-program market fit clients to demo PartnerStack when they are ready to scale revenue through partnerships. We've talked a lot about co-selling in this podcast, so please check out our sponsor for co-selling, sharework.co, a free app that allows partnership managers at top companies like Qualtrics, Full Story, Smart Recruiters, and Sendoso to easily generate partner-sourced and partner-influenced deals thanks to real-time and unlimited account mapping. Sharework is offering all Make Them Famous listeners a three-month free account to map unlimited accounts, generate leads, 
and attribute revenue to partnership managers' efforts. Use the link below to sign up for that offer. Finally, the top sales and partnership teams around know of our third partner, Sendoso, the leading sending platform. Sendoso is the most effective way for revenue-generating teams to stand out with new ways to engage at strategic points throughout their customer journey. By connecting digital and physical strategies, companies can engage, acquire, and retain customers easier than ever before. Founded in 2016, Sendoso is trusted by over 500 companies and has a vast global footprint with presence in North America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. Learn more at Sendoso.com. So thanks again to our amazing sponsors. Now let's get back into the episode. So let's start, Ross, if you don't mind, repeating what you just told me about when and why you decided to launch this partner program? So just to start from the beginning, uh, um, so we've been around for nine years and, and haven't had a partner program to date. So effectively, you know, we did have partners, technology partners, agency partners, resellers, and so on, but they were never really organized. And when I say they weren't really organized, I mean, outside of just being in our CRM system and so on. There was no method of tracking customers who had, refer- or sorry, customers, partners who had referred business to us, no system to track, you know, kind of anybody applying to become a technology partner, nobody applying to become, you know, a reseller and, and even the ability to just share, you know, documentation and data with them outside of, let's say the general knowledge bases and so on. And so when I came to realize that a lot of our competitors, and maybe this would seem like common sense to many, but we're generating, you know, sometimes 30, 40, 50% plus of their revenue from the partnership side of things, you know, it's, it's a bit of common sense that was occurring there. So we, you know, very quickly and much like we've done in other areas of the organization, focused heavily, excuse me, <clears throat> focused heavily on uh, finding the right person to lead that team. And so one of uh, a mutual friend of Corey and I's brought us together. This was, you know, kind of the only um, individual we were looking at or, or talking to or thinking about. Um, and it became very clear that that was going to really power, you know, not just a successful partner program, but even the idea of starting a more formal partner program. So as soon as I met Corey, right, it was very clear, you know, his abilities and experience and knowledge and understanding. And, and of course, most importantly, his work ethic when it comes to launching something like this from scratch. And I think a great testament uh, to that, that I doubt any of us have seen elsewhere is we have three different products and we launched um, our partner program within the first 30 days on Post, which is, you know, a 50 or company doing 50 million in revenue, give or take. And... So I think that was just really important to how, you know, we, we were able to kick things off and see that, you know, kind of instant value, right? Because otherwise things drag on, you're looking for hires, you hire one person, they want to hire a team, you know, things don't really progress in the right way. So finding that, you know, key individual like Corey was just pivotal to the discussion. That's great to hear. Yeah, that perception uh, from the genesis, the ideation of the partner program, that's very compelling, very good for other CEOs and partner managers to understand that mentality. So thanks for giving that. And Corey, the question back to you is, well, first and foremost, let's talk about the partner program. But in this discussion, talk to me about how you really analyzed the state of MaraPost and their readiness for a partner program. So let's start with that question. When and how did it make sense for you? What were the key things there? Yeah, good question. I think one of the biggest things for me was the fact that Ross was 100% bought into partnerships. Um, I've worked a lot of organizations over the last 12 plus years in partnerships, and that was probably the biggest uh, hurdle that you run into. And I think across all of channel, all partnerships, you'll hear this across many of them is 
one of the biggest issues they run to is that is that CEO or that executive team being put into partnerships and the methodology, the whole commission structure and the whole nine yards. Coming into the conversations with Ross, it was very clear that he was very much uh, into and super excited about what we could do with partnerships as it already was uh, in his head and already floating out there in the relationships he already owned. And just to expand that and really look at what the possibilities were. So that was step one was we had the executive team all about it, specifically Ross. And on top of that, Ross was willing to co-head this with me and really go aggressively in that. And so within the first 30 days, yes, we launched the partner program, but we really couldn't do that without Ross's um, backing. We couldn't do that without the incredible team that we currently have, uh, which allowed us to be to get to a point where we're at 200 partners now and put it in within four months. And so we're seeing a lot of that momentum in, in historically, you would see a partner program uh, really mature after six months. We're starting to see that actually after about, uh, I would say three months to, uh, to 60 days, give or take. Um, and so one of the things that we did specifically to jump in more of the tactical piece of the pie is we looked at what does the profile look like that we want to go after specifically? So what are the profiles we currently have that Ross is currently in a relationship with? from a partner side? And then what are the other opportunities or the other relationships that we don't have? And then where can we accelerate those relationships? And so that's where we came up with the three programs that we have today, which is Trust Advisor, really an extension of our marketing team. Then we have our agencies, which is an extension of our sales team. And then we have our app partners, which is really an extension of our, um, you would say, customer support or customer success team, as well as um, a very effective way to keep customers sticky as part of building out a tech stack. And so that's how we came up with that methodology. I mean, obviously it's a little bit deeper than that as we, as we dive in through this conversation, we'll share some of that, but ultimately through looking at who we had currently, the knowledge of just Ross and I in the market and in the industry, seeing what other partner programs have done, the good, the bad, the ugly, being able to pull something together to say, okay, here's our V1, here's our MVP partner program. And then we'll revamp it after six months as we have data and we can and we'll share some aha moments that we've had over the last four months uh, with you as well today. Uh, but does that answer your question, Alex? Is that what you're kind of? Yeah, really, you know, understanding the boxes that you check. You're a professional in the space. You've been in it for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now. Um, you've been in partnerships for a while. So you have to check certain boxes, team buy-in, especially from the CEO. That's first and foremost, it sounds like for you. And because partnerships exist as its own, essentially its own product, it is its own thing. It's more about what you have around you to make it successful than the product itself. MaraPost is a great product, but with partnerships, it really is a standalone thing. So I like to hear that. And Ross, you're learning as you go. We talked about your experience with partnerships before bringing Corey on and co-running this program with Corey. So now I want to hear some of the surprising things that you're learning and maybe just things that have changed. Maybe your perception was X and now it's Y, but what are some of the most surprising things that have come up that you're experiencing as this program rolls out? I think the most surprising is that there are far more individuals and organizations that truly do want to partner and truly do want to provide, you know, let's say an equal amount of value uh, to one another, right? It, <clears throat> I think when I was, again, sort of doing this on my own and, you know, meeting industry people and agencies and tech partners and so on, it, it, it's always kind of felt like maybe, and again, maybe because there wasn't any structure around it, that it was a bit of a one-sided relationship, right? Like everybody wants the other person to bring um, a customer to the table or something that's going to generate revenue for them. 
but it's very difficult to get people to figure out how they're going to get the value back, right? So if somebody brings a client to Maripost, we want to make sure, well, how are we enabling you to do well, whether it be from a financial perspective or a business perspective, meaning like selling them their services or providing them with their technology as well. So I think it, you know, as Corey mentioned, we went, you know, very quickly from let's call it zero to 200 partners. And frankly, with everything going on at Maripost and, you know, acquisition taking place, you know, we'd probably be at 500 partners if I could dedicate more time to it just myself, uh, let alone what Corey's doing. So I, I'd say that was probably the biggest, you know, surprise is just how many people really wanted to work with us and wanted to work with us in a formal manner. Awesome. And one follow-up question to that, and then we'll go back to Corey with more details about what the program is, but um, what do you believe about the program is bringing in the most um, interest, is causing them to really want to partner, like you said? Is there anything that you are seeing them gravitate towards about it? Anything in particular? I mean, well, for us, like there's three, you know, again, we've got three sort of standard partners for us. It's tech partners, agency partners, and then trusted advisors, um, which are effectively referral partners. So, e I mean, each one is driving, I wouldn't say equal necessarily, but a relatively equal amount of interest. I mean, there are, you know, a long list of, you know, technology applications, whether it be payment platforms, e-commerce, CRM, uh, you know, data related solutions that really want to partner with us in a more, again, organized manner. There is a laundry list of agencies who provide, you know, services to customers like ours and, and vice versa, who, who want to have, you know, again, more formal structures, whether it's reselling our product or whether it's simply partnering for things like services, which I, I do think is going to be critical, especially as we grow. And I mean, th then there's literally just the trusted advisor side, given the relationships that we have with our customers. I mean, pretty much every client that we have has become a trust, you know, has become um, a partner in some form. As in, you know, we, we grew at Maripost by word of mouth. So now we've just, you know, we've benefited from that over the years without any, you know, kind of uh, benefit back to those individuals. And now we can truly provide it. So why wouldn't they want to sign up instantly? And why wouldn't they want to receive any information that they can then relate to their networks and, you know, drive value for both sides? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really great to have those different partner types on the service provider side uh, that you can lean on to help one another and you can match make internally and create those circles that Corey and I talked about in some previous content. But Corey, back to you. I want to hear a little bit about what is the program today? What is the actual structure and infrastructure of the program. What we've done to make that possible actually is just leveraged automation. We've leveraged, leveraged the what we would consider the best in breed tools to support us in uh, onboarding and delivering resources and things like that. So we currently use PartnerStack as our PRM, which honestly was one of the major ways uh, that we were able to launch in literally three weeks um, with a partner program across all three. Obviously, there's a lot of context there of like what commission structure do you use and certain things that you come up with from a strategy standpoint. But um, ultimately, PartnerStack was one of the biggest things that we used as far as the PRM to help us um, organize everything. First and foremost, put all of our partners into one system I can communicate directly with the partners through that system. I can send out mass emails. I can provide resources. They have their, their it's easily accessible from a, a tracking link and things like that. So that has allowed me to scale it, if you will, to 200 partners, um, to be in a position to where I'm communicating with the, the partners one-to-one, uh, -one, as well as obviously jumping on phone calls and things like that with them. Um, but this applied to all three um, areas of the, all three of the programs. And so that that was ultimately what was massive in our ability to 
um, scale was one again having that that uh, executive buy-in meant hey we need to add another product or another platform to help us scale this program and do it in a way that again the biggest thing i think partner programs struggle with is they launch a partner program thinking it's done or thinking they've got it locked in. That's a different methodology than the, what I have and what Ross has. Our, our methodology is let's launch something, get it out there. Let's pull data. Let's understand who are the partners that are the most successful. What, are that, what does that profile type look like? And then after about six months, four to six months, we, have, we now have a visualization of who is the best partner potentially for us or who's the most effective and where have we failed the other partner programs? Where are there opportunities for us to do better so we can increase and expand those relationships? And so that's really the way that we've looked at it is let's get something out there. But to do that, instead of adding a bunch of additional headcount, let's leverage technology first to get an understanding, get a data. And then at that point in time, we scale. So the next hire that I make is probably not going to be a partner manager from the sales side. It's probably going to be somebody to own onboarding and to get them up and running within their first 30 to 45 days and really ramp that piece of the business. And that would be a different change or different methodology than you would probably normally look at, which is like lead with sales. If I can get the, the partners to understand the program, the, the product, to understand how to leverage their links, understand how to leverage the resources and get them to do it themselves and encourage them and make it stupid simple, then we don't have to add a bunch of additional headcount. We leverage technology initially as we scale and as we understand who the partners are, what do they need and so on and so forth. That was probably a massive info dump. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, yeah, you hit on some things I want to go deeper into, uh, but that's really important to know from Corey's perspective, the first hire and why, and the sounds like it's a run, crawl, sprint type of um, strategy where you're launching. Exactly. Yeah, you're launching the program. You're immediately diving into the network, getting those hyper-interested people involved. You guys have a lot of interest. 200 people in such a short period of time is a very good job. Now or soon, you'll have enough data of what's going on in the program, what they're responding to, to review it, to put a plan of action together, some SOPs that you can then hand to a partner engagement manager, it sounds like, or partner onboarding manager, someone like that, instead of a salesperson, instead of someone that's just going to market, there's, this person's going to be tasked with making sure that there's a system that is getting the partners quickly activated and then engage them and onboard them so that they're producing for you very quickly and generating that partner source revenue that I think both of you have as one of your main KPIs. So I want to go back to Ross for a quick second here. And Ross, talk to me about your maybe initial opinions or ideas around how this partner program was going to phase and some of the maybe changes or new ideas that you have since seeing it in this process, and then some of the KPIs and goals that you're associating to the program today uh, versus the program tomorrow. Absolutely. So if it helps me, I can work backwards from those. Um, so naturally, you know, from a KPI and goal perspective, we're focused on partner count uh, for obvious reasons and the revenue side of things. So, so in reality, those are the only two areas I'm tracking outside of, let's say also, you know, type of partner. If the company has a goal of a thousand partners by the end of the year, you know, what is the breakdown between each of those areas, right? How many trusted advisors do we want? How many technology partners? How many agency partners do we want? And that way we can really correlate the revenue being generated, right? Because obviously technology partners, it's not a a standard, you know, somebody is signing up a customer or somebody is signing up a, a friend or colleague or someone. 
um, to the application. You know, it's a little bit more long tail in terms of the the value that we're going to be able to to associate with, say, integrating with you know Shopify or Salesforce or BigCommerce or so on and so forth. Um, so in terms of you know, I guess the process that we've gone through to date and what's changed, it's been very little because we've very much just been focused on, I'd say in some ways, almost trying to remember all the partners we had, like I mentioned, getting in touch with them and then, you know, and then getting them signed up properly. I, and Corey could probably speak to this as well, but, you know, I'll just remember, you know, somebody that I've known for probably the last seven years and just have totally forgot that, you know, they are a partner in a way and you know we just need to get them into the system and then things will effectively carry on from there so it's it's kind of been an interesting just you know again short journey which is now correct from a wrong Corey, but like four months total maybe five months uh of total time spent on it but that's that's been really kind of an interesting piece so it's sort of i mean the best way to put it would be we're drinking from the fire hose today or in this case Corey is yeah, that's that's a great strategy. So you, you full buy-in on what's happening, um, getting that data in, getting those partners in. Well, that's the key. Yeah, just to add a point there, that's I mean that's really critical for for us, right? Because I, I think you know I, I do believe that a lot of people are doing it in the way we were doing it before, maybe with a little bit more organization, right? Maybe they're using their CRM, and and we were too. So I shouldn't I shouldn't make it sound like we were you know doing this on the back of a napkin or anything. But I, I think it's it's so important to have a solution like uh, you know partner stack as Corey mentioned, have the proper integration into whatever CRM companies are using. That I mean, you know, again, that's what allows Corey as more or less the single person in the organization to be so effective. Uh, you know, versus having a team of people who have to execute on this. Um, in a very disconnected way. That's that's great. Yeah, that that sort of support uh, is it's crucial, especially in the early days. We see a lot of early stage programs fail because of too much emphasis on revenue in the first six months, not enough emphasis on really getting that data in like you guys seem to be aligned on. So I just want your opinion on that real quick, Ross, before we go back to Corey on, on first year revenue goals and some of the things that some of the conversations you've had and what your honest to God opinion is on first year revenue from the partner program and anything that's changed around uh, revenue metrics? Yeah, I mean, so for us, it's going to be quite significant. Um, I believe we're targeting five or six million in new revenue from partners alone, which, you know, again, wasn't zero, let's call it last year, but from an organizational standpoint, it was pretty close to zero. Awesome. Very good to know. And Corey, let's talk about that real quick, if you don't mind. What partner source revenue looks like for Morrow Post, how that revenue comes in, what you guys attribute to the channel. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Ross didn't say like 8 million, but I'm glad he didn't for the first year. No. <laughs> um, so first, I think that's one of the aha moments that we've had. Over the last four months, you know, I've spent a ton of my career in SMB. And in SMB, it's heavy, heavy agency focused. Tons of agencies, tons of deals coming in through agencies. And we're seeing way more of our trusted advisors and our referral type partnerships um, producing more of those uh, um, referrals, if you will. And so from a partner revenue standpoint, our trusted advisors are really leading that charge from that perspective in hopes that we can get our agencies up and running on the program to, to help more on the services side. So really, we don't, we don't do services. So for our partners to come in and help our customers do that, um, it's going to be a different view of revenue. So we look at really four metrics. Um, the first one is obviously new business. Then we look at expansion, contraction, and churn. And we look at all four of those metrics to try to understand how are our partners impacting those four metrics. 
And so this is really uh, new as far as like seeing this because we didn't have it organized as Ross kind of mentioned as far as like seeing how our partners are touching our customers and so on and so forth. Um, but as far as that's concerned, we try to look at we're trying to look at those things and build those processes in place so we can understand how are the partners impacting us? Because as Ross mentioned, it may have been zero revenue from partners, but they could have impacted a loss of revenue uh, where where we didn't we didn't lose two million dollars because of our partners. Well, by putting some of these things in place, by just literally trying to understand it, it's going to give us an idea of how they're impacting us not only on the front end but on the back end. And that's where I think your the programs change a little bit as far as the appreciation for different partner types is now you get an understanding of how does the how does the technology partner the app partner really impact us right the the fastest way for me to get five to six million dollars in new revenue is by not losing two million on the back end. So it's really understanding the program is built intentionally that way. Uh, and so that's kind of how we're looking at those metrics and the and really the first year revenue right now, again, we take the first four months, get the data points. And at that point in time, then we start getting heavily involved in different areas of the business. But my head of marketing and myself, we are hip to hip. We talk every single day. Um, he's involved in almost every conversation with a partner to see how we can expand the opportunity from a marketing side, from a PR announcement, from a blog content, from a marketing piece. I'm hip to hip with uh, our, our sales team as well because they are ultimately getting these leads from our trusted advisors and those relationships. And so they're converting them. And so they understand who the partners are, what do the partners offer, why are they being referred? And so that's kind of like, again, the first four months is everybody's getting to know, getting to learn these relationships so we can understand how does that revenue actually grow and where does it grow from and so it's it's kind of a massive uh holistic approach if you will but from a five to six million that's how we're going to do it we're going to do it by leveraging our marketing team by leveraging our um sales team and them understanding who our partners are what we're trying to do the direction we're trying to go and then obviously on the executive side of the house you know we have uh ross's support as well as the support of the other executives to spread the word across linkedin we grew to 200 partners half of those were i think directly from ross and the other half were just through our marketing efforts just through me posting on linkedin and everybody else sharing or everybody sharing about these relationships so that's how we're looking at revenue growth um and getting that five to six million that's such a great answer and ross um i want to go back to you for a second i'll try to tee up the last um 15 20 minutes of this recording but what i want to do is get ross's opinion on marketing's involvement in partnerships um some of the experiences there has anything been stressful at all have any of the team members been reluctant uh, just your perception on how much marketing and partnerships should work together this is important. I just got off a strategy call with a team that has 400,000 users. They have one of the most influential CMOs in marketing's recent history, and they have zero participation for marketing. They can't even get a partner included in a blog post that's coming out in a couple of months. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a perception from our world, what we what we see, it's incredible. So I want to get that. Then I want to go back to Corey to get the high level uh, circle strategy of how the implementation partner works with the front end marketing type partner that works with the um, integration partner to create sort of a holistic strategy of how you pull in different people to create more revenue. And then we'll talk about just the enablement day-to-day -day SOPs. We'll end on that. So Ross, team alignment, what is happening now? What have you instructed the team to do? Anything at all that's come up? Let's talk about that. Excellent. So we're, we're a very close team in general, right? We've got, you know, 250 people, which, which isn't that many, but it's enough where, 
you know, things can be missed certainly. And we've not had any, I guess you'd say lack of alignment. Um, you know, Corey and our head of marketing are speaking to each other, uh, you know, daily. There's, there's a lot of involvement in terms of getting content out there. There's a lot of involvement in terms of, you know, getting documentation even out of the site. There's a lot of involvement from a, a design and a you know, kind of uh, organization standpoint. So two peas in a pod would come to mind here in terms of, of partnership and, 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 um, and the marketing teams. So nothing, you know, that we've seen there that would be, you know, a point of friction, certainly the opposite of the example you just provided. I think that would be very scary for um, any organization, especially one with 400,000 users to, you know, have marketing not be speaking to, to sales. I mean, the number one, actually, probably the first thing that Corey mentions to partners when we're on calls together is how do we start to do some, you know, some content together? How do we write some great pieces together that can be shared on both sides and leverage and help, again, start the, the relationship off right. So marketing is, is well, you know, kind of poised and, and focused to make those things happen for him as well. That's great to hear. Very refreshing. It pains me when the two teams aren't working together, I don't understand how you could possibly have an active partner program that's not involved closely with marketing. I just, it doesn't make sense. And I'm a former marketer and, you know, I kind of ran partnerships at my organizations unknowingly. It was just part of my go-to-market strategy with anything. I included influencers, thought leaders, implementation people, and it was just part of marketing. And then I hear CMOs and marketing teams that just don't work with partnerships and I don't understand it. Sales, I kind of get, you know, there's that commission and channel conflict stuff that comes up, but marketing, I don't understand. But Corey, back to you. Let's talk a little bit a high level about the strategy that's uh, being executed on. You've got three different personas. I'm sure there's some matchmaking and collaboration on both co-selling into bigger accounts with those personas, but also co-marketing together. What are some of the routines that you like, or you've seen maybe unfold maybe organically or some things that you're trying to process out? And then we'll end on some day-to-day -day stuff and then we'll get Ross's opinion on all of this. Um, so to add a point just to what Ross was talking about, myself and Yakbar head of marketing, we are aligned in revenue, first and foremost. He looks at it as he owns that revenue growth for the entire company. Along with me, I own all revenue growth for the company. So immediately we're aligned, right? Partnerships on the trusted advisor side generate leads into our sales team, of which he is also responsible for. So there's alignment there as well, which is super important, is there's an ownership across the entire revenue uh, for the year. So I would say that's a massive benefit on both ends is we understand that we're in this together. This is our uh, nut to crack and how are we going to go do it? How are we going to split it? And that's really been um, refreshing. That's my two cents on that. Um, as far as the uh, other piece of the pie, the, the, as we mentioned, kind of the three programs and kind of how we're going about doing those and that whole process. So we're starting to establish our onboarding methodology with our partners in, and obviously looking at each partner differently because they are different onboarding um, processes. One thing that we didn't do um, is just punch a, a bunch of resources in our PRM. And the reason why is because going into the partner profile types, we can make some assumptions, right? For our, our agencies, they, they definitely want a sales deck and probably pricing sheets. We can make those super easy. But what we didn't want to do is just take our marketing team and make a bunch of resources and a bunch of things that may never get used. And so as we go through the program, one of the things that I ask in the uh, application process is like, what resources do you need to make this relationship successful? And what, what is your definition of success for our partnership? 
And the reason why is because that gives me a heads up right away on what they're looking for. And so that, that, that applies to every single one of the three partner programs that we have. But what it also has me info in to, into is I now know what I need to provide them to be successful. Um, I think one of the biggest things people in every program see is obviously engagement, right? The whole uh, rule of thumb of 70% of your revenue comes from 30% of your partners. That's been pretty standard across all the programs I've worked for, unfortunately. It's one of those nuts that you obviously want to crack because you want to spread out that revenue um, across multiple partners. Same thing with uh, revenue across your customer base. Uh, but that's kind of how we're looking at it is first and foremost, let's, let's, and we keep harping on it, but it's like, what are the, what's the first four months of that data? What does it look like? Again, I think the aha for me and the epiphany for me was the, I expected agencies, um, given that we, we give out a very aggressive commission structure. I expected our agencies to come in hot, super hot, wanting to get super involved with us from a services standpoint, from bringing in new customer standpoint, given um, we're in the mid-market industry. I also think that we have a play in the mid-market industry that others aren't exposing or doing, which is that relationship. We start with relationship first. When people ask, Corey, what do you do for a living? I'm in the relationship. I'm in the business of relationships and I help figure out how do we make money together? That's what I do. And so we start with that. And then at that point in time, we come up with a strategy and a structure. As Ross mentioned, we start with content. We lead with not what you can do for us, but what can we do for you? So we lead with, hey, how do we get blog content for you? How you know can you write blog content for us? We want to get both of our brands out there in the ether, right? Out there in the interwebs. So everybody can kind of get an understanding of who we are and what we're doing. So that would be, I think, the two cents on on the question that you asked. And hopefully I, I answered it because I've gone a little tangent once again. But <laughs> No, that was great. And I've got, I think, four or five really awesome quotes to pull out. So you've you've got some words of wisdom, some great, great bits of advice and everything that you're answering. This has been enlightening already. So I'm kind of getting a feel for it. So I understand what the program is today. And it sounds like where it's going is very exciting for for both of you. So would love to talk a little bit about the day-to-day and where Ross is involved. So Ross, if you have any comments on what Corey just mentioned about the high-level strategy, mainly around the sales component, thinking of partnerships not as a first client user, someone who's going to buy a big instance and then hopefully share it later, but thinking of them as almost the vehicle instead of the end user, the end revenue source. What are your perceptions on that? Anything that's changed since Corey's been active? No, I mean, it, again, not, not, it's not going to be very helpful, but nothing's really changed from that perspective because we do, I, I come from a sales background. So, uh, you know, and, and Corey naturally fits within that realm just the same. You know, nothing's really changed. I think our expectations of each other have probably played out, or I don't want to speak for Corey, but have probably played out, at, you know, in the best way possible. Uh, if not, you know, a better way of saying it, we probably exceeded, or I hope we've exceeded each other's expectations on, as I said before, the commitment sort of to the process and and actioning a lot of that ourselves. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to think that Corey was, you know, was probably expecting like, yeah, you know, now I've got this role and Ross will probably do a couple of introductions and that'll be the end of that. Whereas I, I make myself available for these areas because I love them because they're customer related. You know, my favorite thing to do is, you know, is be on the sales side and this is no different to that, you know, and, and vice versa. Like I, I like to think that Corey has the ability to bring me in on any call, have me chat with any partner, have me join, you know, things like these discussions around, around the industry and podcasts and so on. 
because that's really what makes this, you know, this job or effectively this relationship most fun. And that's great insight. It's, it's really important to align on what a partner is, you know, um, too many, too many team members, not just CEO and sometimes even partner managers, sadly enough, they don't define that ahead of time. They don't say a partner is this to us. They are not a client. They are a partner. And this is what that means. So uh, if there are any thoughts on that, otherwise I'll go back to Corey for what this looks like on a week to week practice level, ground level in the trenches. What does it look like? So Corey, start there. If you could talk to me about what a week is for partnerships and where and how do partners maybe interact with each other and some of the SOPs that are working really well. Sounds good. To add a note to what Ross said again, <laughs> that has, that was very key in the start of our relationship was the Ross basically saying, hey, I'm in this with you. So I'll set aside the time if we need to, to join calls. I mean, he was literally firing emails off constantly like, hey, Corey, meet so-and-so, Corey, meet so-and-so. This is a longtime friend of mine. They, you know, they've referred people before. We need to get them aligned and da-da-da-da-da. And that was massive because that was, again, not only did we have the conversation as we were uh, talking about me jumping over to Maripost, but it literally came to fruition in a massive uh, amount. And then on top of that, he'd, he'd message me and say, how are we doing? You want more introductions? I'm like, hell yeah, bring it on. You know, uh, And that's been our relationship, which has been great. He's been jumping on a ton of partner calls. I keep harping on it, but is that alignment is so key and so important because that buy-in allows you to just get so much further um, as well as it's from the top, right? So if Ross is into it and Ross is speaking about it, the CEO speaking about it, then the rest of the team knows it's important and knows they need to make sure that they're involved in that process as well. So, and again, luckily enough, we have an incredible executive team. So we really, really didn't have to worry about it. Their arms were wide open to bring me in. So, but as far as a day-to-day is concerned, my day consists of um, effective balance and time management. So I, for the most part, had learned quickly to block out my calendar to be very specific from uh, 11 to 1 p.m. I focus 100% on partner management. And so during that time, my day-to-day for the most part is I speak with partners. I speak with uh, prospect partners. So a lot of the conversations I'm having as of late are tons on the integration side of the house. Um, and companies wanted to come and integrate with Maripost, not only because of the acquisition and, and the, obviously the e-commerce direction that we are continuing to to push through, but just because they see an opportunity from a mid-market space and what we're trying to create and what, what vision we're trying to set and what missions we have. Um, and I think that's super important. The partners are starting to see the, the overall scope of what we're trying to accomplish in the mid-market space that really nobody's doing. I mean, so I think that's an opportunity. Partners are seeing that sort of saying, yes, I want to be on that ship, as it, that rocket ship as it goes. In addition, early on, within four months of the program, partners have a massive opportunity to take advantage of the fact that we're the only ones marketing Maripost. We're the only ones out there promoting Maripost. So for them to do the same, not only is it going to give them an opportunity from the mid-market space from that customer type, but it also allows them from a service side of the house. And so as Ross mentioned, we really, we kind of had these partnerships, but we really didn't have anything formalized, which means we didn't have an effective way to connect our customers to our partners. So one of the things we started digging into within about two months of me starting was churn reasons where our customers canceling. And so we really dug into, is it an integration piece of the pies that we don't have this integration or the integration isn't good enough? They just didn't use it effectively, right? They weren't seeing value out of it. And so as we started figuring out specifically what these churn reasons were, now we have the ability to start connecting partners. We start connecting different integrations or I can go hunt those integrations. And so I'm reaching out to 10 to 15 new relationships from, you know, again, trust advisors to agencies to 
uh, integrations every single week to try to really just ramp those relationships and kind of figure out what our customers need. As I mentioned earlier, one of the fastest ways to get $10 million in a year is by not having to make up $2 million or $3 million in loss. And so that's kind of where, where we're looking at it. So just last month, we were able to connect three of our customers to our partners. One meant, you know, this is a simple $10,000 uh, opportunity for the partner to do an integration, a deeper integration with Maripost. And one of them had to do with just leveraging the solution at its most effective way from a marketing standpoint, from a list management standpoint, and so on and so forth. And so that's where we've we really started to see how do we start connecting our partners. And then we're coming up with our own, you know, lunch and learn methodology with our integration partners, with our success team which is how do we help educate our success team on what our partners do? I can go and add 500 partners, which sounds amazing, but it's really crap if you don't, have, if you don't know who they are, what they do, and how they impact your business. And not only that is how do you impact their business? So yes, we're kind of at that run, crawl, uh, sprint kind of methodology. But during this entire process, we're trying to collect as much information on our partners, trying to get them involved as much as possible, looking at key metrics within the business and how do those partnerships cross that. And that's where your alignment starts to cross across the entire company. As soon as I, as soon as partners start making an impact on the CS team, and we can provide a little bit of lift there from making sure that they're using the solution or they're reducing churn. Now the CS team's like, holy crap, they can help us. Now they're bought into the vision of partners. And so now you can see how the from the sale to the marketing to the CS that my scope and my role crosses every department all the way into product. And I get them to understand how our partners can help us um, across that entire day. So that's my day-to-day. -day. My day-to-day -day is working with the entire team internally and externally with hunting relationships, prospecting and doing all of that and, and obviously partner management stuff. Awesome. Very cool. There was a lot there, but the one thing I want to unpack to end on real quick is bringing the customers uh, into partnership conversations, um, linking the customers with partners, and then where the different overlap, I guess you would say, between CS and partnerships. You guys have a tool that can be very baked into a very large stack with lots of levers to be pulled and managed. And CS can do some of that, but an expert partner that knows what's happening with all that data, where it's going from Morrow Post and uh, what's pulling and what's pushing may be necessary in a lot of those cases. So solutions partners, that persona. So if you can talk to me, Corey, about where and how solution partners are introduced to new clients, new customers, new users. And then Ross, I want to get your opinion from a macro level, from an all hands level, what you guys have talked about and put into process or put into employee handbook of how partners are interacted with, what they're spoken, uh, what the CS team needs to speak about when it comes to partnerships and how that communication goes between all the departments. So how that works and then back to Ross on, on how it looks from his angle. Yeah, the, the fun part about it is, and a lot of people would say this is wrong, but we are ultimately we're, we're meant that, I guess the lean startup methodology, right? We are just starting to do something and we're tracking those different ways of getting our partners involved, right? Um, that heavily has to do with me educating our CS team on what we have. That has to do with me just reaching out to them and saying, hey, we have a new partner. They do this. Have you ran into any customers that are needing that service or anything like that? Um, because also when it comes to me hunting partnerships, that's going to be super important. I don't need to be hunting these partnerships or these integrations that our customers are not asking for, or it's not part of the reasons why they're um, struggling with the platform or whatever it may be. And so that's, that's that relationship with the CS team is super important. But so a lot of it has to do with just 
keeping those lines of communication open. I join their weekly calls or biweekly calls as much as I possibly can, just so I can be, hear what they're talking about. What are they struggling with? Where can I potentially be involved there? How can I help? I'm, I'm obviously working with the leader of that team to say, hey, how do we get partners a little bit more involved? Can we can we get partners to our agency partners, our solution partners to offer a quick and easy free service to all of our customers or something along those lines? And really, it's just thought leadership and just playing with things and trying to see which ones stick, and which ones work. The team kind of laughs because I use this word all the time, which are levers. And for me, I look at how do I find 10 levers that help us generate a percentage of revenue? And so. What that means is that every single month I'm looking at with three different lever levers and which levers can we pull and so on and so forth. And what it allows us to do is, again, just gets the data so we understand what, what's that lever, what worked, why did it work, why didn't it work. And, and then that CS is part of one of those levers. But within that is, again, understanding a little bit more what they're struggling with, what's, what's in it for them as well. I think that's partnerships is not just external. Your partnerships are internal. And that's the way I look at it is my relationships with the internal team is partnerships. What can I do for them and how can I help them be more successful? How, do, how can I potentially ease their day if, if at all possible? And then we can do that by, again, connecting partners to customers. But um, that's ultimately the methodology we're doing is we're trying many different things. We're trying many different levers to see what best fits for the team, what best fits for our partners and what best fits for our customers. Well, that brings us to the final question back to Ross. Um, and then we'll do any outros, any final words of wisdom. But Ross, you know, from a culture standpoint, but also from just an optimizing time and effort standpoint between customer success, onboarding users, and where partners fill in those gaps, what would be your ideal scenario or relationship or just workflow between partnerships and CS in particular? Anything relevant there that you guys have decided? or are looking to build? Yeah, so this is a core area because Veripost doesn't provide services. So we, of course, have, you know, customer success, as you mentioned, and, and support, but we aren't, you know, building email campaigns for our customers, creating journeys, scripting, you know, managing data and all that kind of stuff. Or of course, guiding them through the process. But where, um, actually, funny enough, with the acquisition we just made, and, and I mentioned this at the start of the discussion, one of the great things they had, or have, sorry, is the ability for partners, or effectively for customers, sorry, to put in, you know, work that's required into, you know, effectively a fully automated solution that partners the customer with the partner. Um, I think that's actually really exciting when I think about that relationship that you just mentioned, because a lot of times the, you know, the endeavors or, or, or goals of our customers right, require that services element. And today, right, it's, it would be very difficult for <clears throat> the Maripost side of things to, uh, you know, to think, okay, well, this customer is asking us to execute on this, this customer journey they're looking to launch. So let's say it's a, an abandoned cart program or a welcome series or something like that, that requires, you know, content to be built, requires somebody to log in and build out the journey to test it and go through all that process. I think it's really exciting that we will be able to provide not only our customers, but our CS team with the ability to very quickly facilitate that, let's call it work request or that job request um, back to our partners, which is of course then generating revenue from them and generating uh, as well a seamless experience around the costing side of things. So one of the things that uh, Nito, again, the company that we had just acquired does is they manage the billing for that entire piece. So if the partner comes back and says, all right, this you know uh, job or, or project is gonna be $5,000, 
the customer just has to approve it. They don't have to do anything from there. All the billing takes place, you know, through their, their standard contract or effectively uh, billing process within Maripost. So I think that's really exciting, at least for somebody like myself that uh, really values the, the efficiency and, and, you know, simplicity of how, um, you know, the partners, us as Maripost and the customer can all work together. Great advice. Yeah. And it's exciting to hear. So this is all stuff that many partner teams that have a lot more years uh, under their belt still don't have or haven't figured it out. Um, really where the team aligns on who's going to do what, who's going to refer to who, and how partnerships is going to better everyone's jobs and everyone's um, KPIs. So Corey, let's end on next steps. What's going on with you? What's the next big endeavor? What are you trying to get done this quarter and how? Yeah. I mean, ultimately... We're trying to, as, as Ross mentioned, bring in five to six million this year through partners. Ultimately, that means a lot of revenue for our partners as well. Um, it's it's very much uh, not a one-sided relationship, as you can hear, as you've heard uh, through the last uh, fifty plus minutes that we've been kind of discussing that. Uh, but then, really, the best, the next endeavor is to continue to do what we're doing. I mean, I think we're finding successes. We're obviously learning and we're failing fast, which is a methodology that I appreciate um, because, it, it, again, it allows us to just have an understanding of what's working and what's not working. Um, yes, we have you know, 12, 13, 14 plus years in partnerships, but the world is evolving as we've seen over the last year. Things are changing. I mean, remote work and so on and so forth. That applies to partnerships. If you've seen anything about channel, channel has exploded and partnerships have exploded in the last year. Um, let alone e-commerce. So really that's, I think our biggest and next push is to continue to serve our partners, to continue to find the right partners that can deliver value for our customers, um, as well as find those partners that really want to take advantage of the mid-market space. Again, there's not a ton of uh, solutions out there that there's tons in the SMB space, there's tons in the enterprise space, but there's really nobody that is uh, attacking the mid-market space outside of Maripost. And we're doing it from a very directional standpoint, a very um, mission-oriented uh, standpoint, and those partners that want to be a part of it are going to benefit greatly from that, from a revenue standpoint. We've seen it happen with Nido um, and how their partners are so engaged in, in the successes they've seen, and we're going to apply that methodology along with our own experience and knowledge to our partner program. But if you're looking for something a little bit different from a partner side of the house, from a relationship side of the house, you're going to find that here. I'd be happy to introduce you to to a couple of our partners that that would uh, vouch for us and say uh, how refreshing it is from a, a partnership standpoint to not come into the relationship and say, "Hey, uh, Alex, what what do you have for me? Who do you got in your list that you could you could refer over to us and bring us revenue?" Now, with that in mind, that doesn't mean that we're not revenue focused. We absolutely are, but we are wanting to make this as mutually beneficial as possible, and that's the way that we're leading with it. So that again. We're going to continue to do what we're doing. We're finding successes. We're failing fast. Um, and, in, and in reality, this could look completely different in a year in a good way. Awesome. Great to hear. Um, well, thank you both for being on. This was a very, very good look at an effective, well, team-aligned partner program, a partner program that was built with the right foundation, I think. So uh, I'm sure you guys will be successful in this, no doubts at all. Congrats on the recent acquisition. It sounds like you guys have your work cut out for you, but it's all headed in the right direction. So thank you both for being on, and we'll see you guys online. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks.